Over half a million people have been affected by flood-related crises in Nigeria. Some of the worst affected areas range from places in the northeast down to the northwest and now to the north-central. Flooding is a huge cause of displacement in the country. Hello, welcome to The Crisis Room, a podcast from Humanango. I am Hawa Shafi'i Nuhu, standing in for my colleague Maria Mustafa. In this podcast, we look at crisis trends across the country and answer the tough questions around them. This week, I am here with my colleagues Kunle Adebajo and Mortala Abdullahi. Hi Hawa, it's good to be here. Hello Hawa. Right, so I'm going to start with you, Murtala Abdullahi. Uh, and my first question is this. There has been a lot of conversation surrounding the flood issues in Nigeria this past week. Mm-hmm. It's starting from the cause to the effects and the response from the government. So we're going to talk about the causes. Do you think it is more a climate change problem or is it an urbanization or geographical problem? Uh, thank you very much, Hawa, for laying the ground willing. In terms of the catastrophic impact of flooding across the country, uh, it's quite a severe situation, not just in Nigeria, but including neighboring countries in the Chad region. Uh, so as you listed in terms of the number, uh, the Nigerian government has said that over 500,000 people have been affected. That number should have uh, increased now rapidly uh, uh, because over the past few weeks, there's been more severe flooding in a lot of areas as the water is moving now from the upstream towards the downstream and so it will be flooding a lot of communities along the uh, flood plains uh, especially communities that are close to the major rivers especially uh, uh, with uh, Benue and Niger. Yeah you mentioned something that is kind of pretty important is this climate change or or human related. I so the explanation is this could be both. And so when you look at it, a lot of the flooding happens along the banks. And so these are areas that are considered flood prone. Uh, they are within the flood plains. So these flood plains are actually high risk areas. And usually people are supposed to leave those areas. And so also there's been urban flooding in places like Lagos, Kano. And part of what we've done like at Human Angle is to look at what's responsible for those kind of flooding and we use uh just spatial data to analyze those things and we found out that uh, the, the issues around urban planning uh destruction of natural uh, flood control mechanisms such as uh, green areas and, and wetlands so these green areas could be wetlands and and, and forest areas so it's a combination of two uh so when we want to see it's climate change uh we also have to refer to data Although officials are also insinuating that this could be part of climate variability, and which is pretty, uh, which could also be accurate. But yeah, data needs to be uh, involved uh, before we make a definitive uh, uh, a statement. So this will more likely be considered as a uh, multifaceted uh, flood uh, disaster that is happening. And earlier this year, in fact, when you look at it earlier this year, the government had issued warning on flood. Uh, flood prone areas uh, NIMED provided rainfall data while the National Hydrological Agency also provided uh, a more precise flood risk assessment categorizing the different local governments in Nigeria across high probability flood uh, risk areas moderate and, and low so these are these were sufficient information to help uh, the government at the local levels uh, plan in terms of mitigation and response 
Okay, that's quite interesting. Kunle, picking up from where Motala left, what's your assessment of what the response has been like from the emergency agencies and the government in general? Um, thanks, Awa. What I have realized over the years, um, I mean, Nigeria has experienced like intense flooding disasters um, frequently in the past few decades. I think in 2012 and 2018 and again this year. And um, when you talk to the victims, the recurring response from many of them is that um, even though the emergency management agencies are trying to respond to their humanitarian needs, a lot of times uh, their responses do not get to everybody. Um, so the aid is not enough. And sometimes people have to wait several months before they see any sight of support from the government. And there, there have also been allegations that um, aid materials get diverted by the authorities. So when, say, private philanthropists, organizations, or even government agencies donate to certain communities, um, the donations do not get to... I mean, all of them do not get to those who are in desperate need of those items. So there have always been indications that, hey, some, some individuals... Uh, corner some, some of these items and so the uh, intention behind the donations do not do not get realized uh, so people hear oh we are donating 10 million era 15 million era on the news but on the ground they are not seeing uh, these things taking place it's also the case that sometimes people camp in certain places they convert public schools to camps uh because of the flood incident but some of these camps are not recognized by the government so when they are uh, providing assistance they do not take those support or assistance to the camps because they do not authorize or recognize them so that's another problem that uh, we've identified so the government a lot of times will tell the victims to relocate from their environment uh, that are vulnerable to flooding incidents. Uh, but the problem is the government often does not provide alternatives to say, okay, we are relocating you to this other place or providing uh, farmland for them to farm in these new places. So the people are at a loss and they wonder uh, whether it's better for them to stay and hope that perhaps in subsequent years the disaster would not be as as bad or as terrible. I think one thing that Nema has said is that sometimes the delays in providing support are due to the fact that they need time to profile the victims. So they need to go to the communities to ascertain the level of damage. They need to uh, take a look at how many people are affected so that they can know exactly how to coordinate assistance. And this takes weeks, months, but people do not have that time to wait. They, they need immediate urgent assistance. So I think um, it's important for uh, the government to be better prepared and work towards you know, potential disasters and have uh, mechanisms in place to make sure that the humanitarian needs of the victims are uh, taken account of even before those disasters take place. Wow, uh, that, that sounds like a lot. Motela, what do you think the government can do differently and better in terms of 
trying to manage the crisis. Yeah, to build on what Kunle has said uh, in terms of relocation and uh, displacement. So recently, I, uh, when you look at the situation in Adamawa, for example, uh, there were also reports that people did not want to leave their community because they felt it was an central home. Uh, there is also the fact that, as Kule mentioned, that when you want to relocate people because of prior adversary, you need to also ensure that that's done in an organized manner and that people actually get the full kind of awareness and education that they need, that they are only moving temporarily and not uh, permanently and for their own safety. Uh, so it's quite huge. Uh, in areas, for example, also in the northeast, we have double displacement because or double uh, impact. Uh, you have pe- people who have already been impacted by the 13-year-old insurgency in the region, uh, which has caused uh, displaced over 2 million people and left over 8 million in need of humanitarian assistance. And now you have a huge flooding uh, disaster there uh, with have washed away farmland, so which means already there is food insecurity uh, with, uh, tre- uh, with weeks of malnutrition, so which means that the risk is going to increase. Uh, we have seen also the flooding increase across the country uh, more recently, there's been pictures and videos coming out from places like Kogi, Benue, and then also in the to the south of the country as the water tends to move uh, downwards. So, it's something that the authorities need to escalate and respond faster, as Kulia has also highlighted. Uh, although there's kind of like um, issues bureaucracy around who gets to respond because there's clear line of duty for the national emergency management agency and also the state emergency management agency and also the local government emergency response team so uh, all these uh, emergency bodies have their different responsibility but it's important that it's done in an organized manner and uh, the uh, kind of financial support that they need and although it's a bit difficult now to say you want to put in place short-term mechanisms to control the flooding uh, i think it's super important that authorities do that in areas where they can still prevent the flood from causing more catastrophe and then begin to really think ahead of the long-term uh, investment in terms of flood control that is required whether in terms of urban areas or rural areas so yeah it's quite a, a tough situation for a lot of people thank you so much motala for sharing Thank you, Kunle Adebadjo, for joining us as well. This has been insightful. This is an episode of Human Angle Crisis Room. Thank you for listening. I am Hawa Shafi Inuhu. Join us in the next two weeks for another episode. Members of our production team are Mutala Abdullahi and Anthony Asemota. The executive producer is Ahmad Salkida. <laughs>